What does it take to become an elite 40K player? How do the top competitors overcome bad dice? The Competitive 40K Network presents Art of War Unbroken. Insight into the game plans of the top players on the planet with your hosts, Blake Law and the Art of War Coaches. Hello and welcome to Art of War Unbroken. Champions may lose, but their spirits remain unbroken. I'm your host, Blake Law. This is one of the episodes of the podcast. Who knows? And we have quite the guest for you today. He is a return guest, someone that I hold near and dear to my heart. But first, let me tell you a little bit about the event. We are going to a place we have not talked about in quite a while. We're going to the city of St. Louis, and we're going to be talking about some new sexy stuff. We're going to be talking about Chaos Space Marines versus Chaos Space Marines in a duel to the death. Who wins? It doesn't matter. We're talking to the one that lost. They say we learn the most from our losses, and that is exactly what this episode aims to do. We're going to interview an elite player, and he's going to tell us how he plans to learn from those mistakes and move forward. How often have you blamed a game on bad dice? We've all done it. I've done it. Jaime Paris has done it. Spoiler alert, he's on this episode. Now, this is part one of the episode. So in this part, we'll be analyzing the game, talking about common mistakes, talking about secondaries, target priority, and all that good stuff. In part two, which is available to subscribers to the 40K, the Art of War, 40K.com. You can listen to all that for the details, the stuff about the list, the breakdown, what they plan to change moving forward, and all the list adjustments and strategy adjustments they plan to utilize moving forward. This will be a free episode, though, so subscribe anyway. My co-host today is commonly known as the Wolf Thane from Spain. He has had a spectacular last season and this season. He finished second in the War Masters, losing in the finals, not playing Space Wolves. He was playing Tyranids, but you all know, you all love him, Mr. Jaime Perez. Oh, I am back. The Wolves are not, unfortunately, but one day they will return. One day they will be back. I, my dog gave you a little bark there. <laughs> solidarity, you know, like uh, I feel like that means something. There's a special place in his heart for you as well. <laughs> Are you excited to talk about some chaos today, man? I am indeed. I still need to learn a ton about him because I haven't had the opportunity to face him. So our guest here is going to have to teach me the ropes of how chaos space marines work and what to do to play against them. Yeah, I uh, I played at the Nova and my only two losses were to chaos space marines. And so... I need him to teach me, too, I think. I think that'll be a, a big step in me learning how to move forward in this game. So Sounds our good. guest today was on episode, I think, three of this podcast. He was scared to death to come back. He's been hiding from me. He is the champion of the, what's it called, the Raptor? What is it? What is that gunship called that you use? The Fire Raptor. Don't worry. The this army has Raptors Raptor. in it, too. The champion of the Fire Raptor. If Brad were here, I'd be giving him so much hell right now because he once lost to a Fire Raptor piloted by our excellent guest today, the one, the only, Mr. Justin Curtis. I, I lost for you again, Blake, every time. Every tournament I see Blake, I get, man, I need you to lose a tournament. I know. I, I, I curse you. I find you. I say you need to lose a <laughs> game. the voodoo on me directly. I do. I put it directly on you. Hey, thanks for joining us, Justin. I'm really excited about talking to you. It's been, it's been way too long. It um, has been a while. That was probably almost a year and a half ago. It was a year. It was right when we started this thing. So uh, I was still a baby. I was a baby at podcasting. So <laughs> you were you were one of the first guests, and uh, and so you hold a special place in my heart. Every time I've seen you a lot since then, though. For what it's yeah, worth, we see I, each other I, all the time. I'm just usually time. working. You're working, or you're going undefeated. So I'm like, well, I guess I can't. I guess I can't <laughs> choose you. So um, that sucks. Tell us a little bit about the event. So it was the name of the event was the Gateway Open up in St. Louis. Yes. 
Yes, uh, just outside of St. Louis, Collinsville, Illinois, uh, run by one of my uh, one of my judge buddies, uh, Doug James. Uh, used to be called Siege World. That's probably the name most people will be familiar with. Uh, I think now technically the name is The Gateway Open presented by Siege World. Doug had a nice long banner out front. <laughs> But yes, awesome. uh, I, I had actually never made it before. All of my locals go out there every year, and I usually had something conflicting because it's right there at the end of July. I've got a lot of birthdays and travel going on. Um, everybody had always been telling me to get out there, and I finally made it out there, and Doug and them run a great event. It was amazing. Well, this is kind of your like time in the sun, man, because you've been waiting patiently, playing a really bad book, uh, trying to make it work, putting fire raptors in lists, doing all kinds of shenanigans. And you finally get two wounds, man. How does it feel? How does it feel? I know, to right? Finally, finally have a real ninth edition codex. Yeah, it's uh, it's nice. I've uh, I've been waiting for that one for a while. Uh, I I've been riding the Thousand Suns bandwagon since the last time we spoke, I guess. But uh, yeah, I finally get to go back into standard chaos, play with Abaddon and friends, and it's uh, it's pretty nice having all those ninth edition goodies. I gotta ask you. I've been meaning to ask you this. The next time you came on the show, I was gonna ask you actually. So I'm standing here. You put the Justin Curtis sorting hat on me. What Harry Potter house am I? Oh, you're almost certainly a Gryffindor. You're Gryffindor. Yeah. You're you're probably like the the midpoint between like Gryffindor Ravenclaw. I think that's where I'd put you. Okay, that's fair. All right. What is Jaime? I don't know Jaime <laughs> that well. I think me and Jaime have only met once. I, okay. I think I think we were on WTC the same year. Um and me and Nick hung out with you a little bit. Uh, were you were you there the year in Greece? No, that this was my first WGC ever. This was your first one. Okay, I was a baby man. Did you come to Adepticon one year, Jaime? The what's right? Did you come to Adepticon one year? Nope. Then I, I don't think me and Jaime have even met. We'll have no, to we'll have yeah. to wait and find out. Uh, we'll ask the question at the end of the podcast. See if your opinion has changed. <laughs> yeah. When y'all meet, you're gonna sort him. We're gonna figure out what house Harry Potter is. So I got. I have to know. It's, I'm it's, the it's resident Harry question. Potter nerd. Yeah. I'm I'm a big Harry Potter nerd. <laughs> what house do you think you are, Jaime? So I thought I was Gryffindor. And I've taken the test multiple times, and I went to Harry Potter World, and I did all the official stuff, and now I'm I'm closer to Ravenclaw. Oh, to the point where I've, I've bought the hoodie, so it's kind of official. That's, that's right where I put Blake. So you yeah. guys, you guys are all lined up. Yeah, we're lined up. That's why we get along so well. We're on the same Quidditch team. <laughs> so what was the terrain layout for um, for Gate? I want to call it Siege World. What is the terrain layout for this event? <laughs> they were using the Games Workshop layout. Uh, ah. We did. I think we actually started with layout two because there were it was a three game two game and you always like to do more games on layout two so we started with layout two and then we finished on layout one. Is that how GW did it last year? They had more on the layout two, didn't they? We always do more on layout two. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we pretty much just gotten accustomed to the fact that we prefer layout two. We think it's a little more balanced. Um, so Is yes, there usually the hammer and anvil. Yes, the the hammer and anvil layout. That's the one we prefer. It's the um, one for those rather, listening. So it's like, yeah. You have the you have the four big uh, ruins in the corners, and then in the middle you have the two obscuring like uh, rectangles. Exactly. The two slide sideways. Yeah, ones that one is nice. On, on layout yeah. two, they're more pushed to the middle, and on layout one, they're out to the edges. They and the at the GW tournaments, we do three on layout one, and then five on layout two. Yeah, and on layout one, you're, you have a big open middle. If it's you a kind of gun line. <laughs> if Those, you, uh, nice. I always get heat from the Europeans over layout one because I was involved in creating it. We. Those layouts were designed during the Dark Eldar meta, and the big concern was literally everything in the Dark Eldar army could charge from one ruin across that entire midfield space into the other <laughs> ruin. And you didn't even have a game. It was just like, oh, here comes some incubi, here comes some witches. Just every turn, something would shoot from ruin to ruin. So we kept moving the ruins back until it was least questionable <laughs> that something might get exposed in that open space. <laughs> when you say so, you're part of designing the terrain, what does that mean? 
I I am the head judge for the Games Workshop tournaments. Um, so I I was involved in the setup, finalizing the terrain, um, all of that goodness going into the first GW tournament, which was in Orlando last summer. Good to know. Good to know. Now I have to yeah, decide yes. if I'm going to roast GW terrain or not. Exactly. Oh, yeah, scared. I told you the Europeans always give me heat, so you'd, you'd be uh, right might, on pace I there. Might, yeah. I might, I might. You need to give him. You need to give him a lot of flack because uh, Justin just constantly berates me. I feel like I'm constantly bullied by him. So. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I think we need to give him a lot of heat for this GW terrain. You just get the overflow that I'm directing at Chester. It just yeah, <laughs> steeps over onto overflow. you. That is it. But I, I I personally love it to be honest. Like I think it's the best um, the best setup out there right now for what it's worth. But uh, I prefer to play on it. Jaime, what about you? What's your what's your favorite terrain out there right now? I'm a big advocate of player placed. Uh, player optimized depends on the actual terrain set that you have available. Player placed using Atlanta terrain. I love it because they spend a lot of time designing that terrain. And I love the mini game. If I have to pick a terrain set, I would go GW over WTC because WTC ends up being pretty open when you start playing against fast gun lines. So it's got a, a couple flaws as well. Everything has flaws, right? I like the fact that there's so many sets. Yeah, that's true. I, I like mixing it up. I'm off of player place, so my vote immediately goes away from that. Because it's like, <laughs> I'm at a disadvantage every time I go into a game. But, uh, who you know. I actually want to ask Justin about player place. Have you ever played uh, player yeah, place? Yeah, we had, uh, up until the last year or so, player place was huge here. When ITC was doing it, uh, all the FLG events were doing it. Uh, for <laughs> a couple of years, Adepticon did it. Um, yeah, no, it's it comes and goes here in the U.S., but uh, mm -hmm. I'd say a year, year and a half ago, it was really big. Cool. So let's get into this, man. Tell us a little bit about your list. Tell us what you ran here at not Siege World, the Gateway Open. <laughs> so my list, let me pull it back up here. So it's Black Legion, first of all. I I kind of I put Black Legion, Creations of Bile, Emperor's Children, Word Bearers kind of on that top tier out of this book, which is great. I think it's great when a book has four top tier sub factions. Yeah. Awesome. Um it's uh the I'll, the normal stuff first. Uh, you have Abaddon, basically mandatory, especially if you're playing Black Legion. He's murdered. Um, yeah. Then you've got uh, a Master of Possession, who again is pretty much mandatory. Uh, honestly, though, my opponent here that we're going to go into, he didn't have a Master of Possession, so not quite mandatory. But you want the ability to revive. You want the ability to do plus one strength or toughness. Or if you're into possessed, you want the four up invul. So the vast majority of Chaos lists will have a Master of Possession. Then a Dark Apostle, who is 100% mandatory uh, for that nice pretend you're a Harlequin's ability. The, uh, it's called Illusory Supplication. It's a prayer. goes off on a two-up. It's, you can't hit me on anything but a four or better, and you can't reroll to hit against me. It just turns you into it. a Harlequin, which is yeah. nice. Uh, so those are kind of the HQs that are locked in. Abaddon and Supreme Command, and then Master Possession, Dark Apostle. What does the Black uh, Legion give you? What is the bonus uh, The that? Black Legion chapter trait... The good part is if you charge, you get plus one to hit. And if you shoot at the nearest eligible unit, you get plus one to hit. So good. the vast majority of the time, pretty much everything in your army is hitting on twos. Um, the other side of it is you ignore attrition modifiers, which is actually really handy when you're playing these 10-man blobs, which you'll see I have a lot of. If any unit that has an icon also adds one to attrition tests. So the functionality ends up being for any unit that has an icon, you can't fail attrition. Because you ignore the modifiers and you add one. So you just can never fail an attrition test. You can fail a morale test and lose the one guy, but you will never fail attrition, which is actually really, really nice with 10-man yeah. blobs. Don't yes. ones always fail? No, not on attrition. So oh. ones always fail on saves, hit wounds, wound rolls. There's nothing that says ones always fail on attrition. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so if you have plus one to attrition and you're ignoring the modifiers, you just can't fail. 
which again is really really nice especially now that like chaos knights are out there in the meta demons are going to be yep. coming like there's some things now that mess with attrition so ignoring the modifiers and having plus one is a bigger deal than you think about normally you see an attrition modifier and you're like oh well who cares that's a wasted chapter tactic right but i have like four 10-man units that are like 300 points each right. so i don't like seeing models run away uh so yeah my my weird hq my i always have to have one is a harkin world claimer the special character raptor um and that's kind of a whole gimmick here that i'll get into my lists always have gimmicks i don't play yeah. i don't play normal stuff is he riding a fire raptor because if he's no not sadly no okay. he's a and uh, ironically enough, even though he's the Lord of the Raptors, he doesn't have the Raptor keyword, which is actually relevant for one of his special rules. I had to look that up. <laughs> but uh, then uh, into the troops, I have two 10-man Legionnaire squads, They're which is Chaos-based Marines. Like Everyone's always confused when you say Legionnaire. They're, that's what their cool name is now. It's just a normal Chaos-based Marine. Nice. Uh, two 10-mans set up identically, which is Icon, Power Fist, Heavy Chain Axe, which is pretty much just an AP4 Power Fist or... It, it's almost identical. It's rather than being double strength, it's plus four strength power fist stat line, except AP4 on a strength four model. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So they're pretty much identical, except the bonus Pippa AP, and uh, you get an extra one in the squad, basically. So you can have a power fist and a heavy chain axe. The difference is one squad is corn, which gives them plus one strength, plus one AP from the icon. So now their power fist is AP4 and their chain axe is AP5. Oh, and their Lord. normal chain axes are AP2, which comes up a lot. Yep. Um, the other squad is Slanesh marked, which gives them always fights first, and they they always have plus one to hit. So in the Slanesh squad, even their power fists and their heavy chain axes hit on twos on the charge, which is really nice. Uh, they got me out of some trouble a couple times. But yeah, so they... They basically have plus two to hit in the Slanesh squad. The Slanesh squad also has the uh, the Diabolic Tome upgrade, so they can cast a Psychic Power. Nice. Uh, the Corn guys obviously can't do that because they hate magic. Uh, mm -hmm. and then it's just a 10-man Cultist squad to hang out in the backfield. Um, five Rubrics, which are everybody's favorite in the new Chaos Marines. Um, the fact that you can take Rubrics is great because, A, your HQ slots are pretty much spoken for right off the bat. You get a Master Possession, a Dark Apostle, and then you pick a combat character, and those are your HQ slots in every Chaos Marine army. <laughs> or you take a Dark Apostle and two combat characters. But the the basically the point is, you don't have space for a Sorcerer. You really, really, really do not want to take a Sorcerer. You can put Psychic Powers in the Legionnaire squads, but they can only take the bad powers. They can only take the first three. The list is split, like we've seen in some of the books recently. But rubrics don't have that limitation. So they're they're your source of warp time. You still want warp um, time, even though you can't charge after it anymore. Um, but to get it, you want to take rubrics so you don't have to take a sorcerer and give up an HQ slot. Are you not locked out of taking uh, rubrics when you run Black Legion? So no, they have a... So because going back like 25 years now, <laughs> rubrics, zerkers, noise marines, and plague marines has always been in that chaos marine book going back since before Thousand Suns and Death Guard had their own codexes. Yeah. There's a page in the chaos space marine book that explains how you can still take those. Uh -huh. What you basically get is you get let the galaxy burn the the army wide ability for the exploding sixes or for rubrics just extra hits on their flamers. Um, but you don't get the legion trait. Okay, so they just come in kind of as like wild cards. Exactly. They're just yeah. like. It, uh, it's like war bands, chaos, nothing makes sense. You can do whatever you want, that kind of thing. <laughs> nice. And then there's a, the the big thing that defines every chaos-based Marine army right now, which I'm sure Blake just ran into at Nova a couple times. It basically comes down to what you put your Black Rune of Damnation on. It's a, it's a squad upgrade. It's a relic that can be bought by a sergeant that is minus one to wound all the time. 
Yeah. It's what allows you to make one squad very, very, very survivable. It's the core of every competitive Chaos Space Marine list right now, except sometimes Emperor's Children. They can get away without doing it because they're doing weird noise marine stuff. Um, so 50% of the people in the world are going to put it on, let's say 49%. 49% of the people in the world are going to put it on Terminators. 49% of the people in the world are going to put it on Possessed. Those are your two big winners. I, of course, put it on bikes. <laughs> of course. You're the yeah. 1%er. And then there's another 1% out there who put it on Chosen. Those are basically your four hypothetical options. So, yes, I have a nine-man bike squad with uh, the Black Rune of Damnation. So you're talking toughness five, three wounds each, minus one to wound all the time. Shooting, combat, everything. Um, my bikes are Zinchmark. So the first thing that does is they ignore the first damage each turn. You just... It goes away. You uh, you can't choose when to trigger it. Like some of the better versions of this ability, you have to use it on the first failed save. So people will usually try to get rid of it with a bolter or something. Um, they also have an icon, which makes their bolters, the 36 bolter shots you're getting off those bikes, makes their bolters AP1. Um, they've also got two melta guns and a power fist. And then there's a stratagem to add six inches to bolt weapons and add an AP. So functionally, you can have... 36 AP2 30-inch bolter shots, which I've been playing Thousand Suns. It turns them into a Scarab Occult unit, basically. When you add the rerolls from Abaddon. Exactly. They're mm. a Scarab Occult unit that can reroll to hit and reroll to wound. So they're functionally better output than a Scarab Occult unit from Thousand Suns. And they're moving 14 inches a turn, and they're vastly harder to kill in most cases. They're in a 44-inch threat range. That's yes, gross, their threat yeah. range is absurd. Um, and then we'll get into all the tricks they can do with Thousand Suns here in a bit. And then the last thing in the army is the l other half of the gimmick of playing Harkin. So Harkin World Claimer is not good. <laughs> he's he's uh, he's fine for what he is. He's 150 points. He's basically a jump uh, captain, I guess, with a fancy lightning claw. He's not worth 150 points. He's not worth an HQ slot in this army where HQ slots are incredibly valuable. So the, the point of Harkin, he has a captain reroll normally. But if he uses it on Raptors, the jump pack, uh, basically the assault marine equivalents in Chaos Space Marines, if he uses it on Raptors, it is a reroll to hit and a reroll to wound, like Abaddon. Oh. Yes. The problem is Raptors aren't that good. <laughs> Just the same way assault marines aren't that good. They're yeah. dudes with chain swords. So they are they're tied together. No matter what you do, Harkin's only as good as Raptors can be, and Raptors are only as good as Harkin can be. So... The upside is it means I have two units every turn that will be rerolling to hit and wound, which is no other army in the game has access to no. that. Like, at least not in terms of just give it away for free from a character. Right. Uh, the Raptor squad is Slanesh marked. So they have a they have the Ois fights first. They can't take icons. They don't get the plus one to hit. So they Ois fights first, two melta guns, a power fist, and a relic. They have another sergeant relic. It's the reason that this works to the degree that it does. It's called the Warp's Malice. It's very similar to the relic used by uh, Eldar characters. Um, we saw it a lot on Jetbike Farseers, where six is to hit, do two mortal wounds. Yeah, it's yeah. It's a pistol replacement. Yeah. Um, I think the Eldar one's called Kurnos's Bow. Mm -hmm. um, there's some tricks to this. So it's a two-shot pistol, but as soon as you're in the second version of our doctrines, um, Let the Galaxy Burn, it goes to four shots. So you've got four shots, strength five, AP two, two damage, a six to hit, does two mortals, and allocation stops. The trick is, first off, you have a full reroll to hit and wound from Harkin, and then one of the Slanesh stratagems is to retroactively replace a hit, wound, or damage roll with a six. Nice. So Eldar so, stuff. Yes. So you're guaranteed to get one the same way Eldar can guarantee one usually with fate dice. There's further upside to that, though. <laughs> 
so the this this is kind of my baby here like this this whole gimmick is what i i wanted to go into um for a long time this and the bikes kind of is my flair on the chaos space Marine army so the way the raptors work is and i'll get into this more probably in the second episode when we get into the deeper strategy of it but when you're playing chaos marines you have to find a way to shoot like their their ranged is bad and that's the problem with these chaos books normally like your shooting is not good and you have to find a way to work around that because you can't usually go all in on the melee if you look at 10 raptors and it's 10 guys with jump packs and chain swords no one in the world expects them to be a shooting threat right but what you do is they've got two melted guns and that that relic pistol that does all the mortals you can't charge after warp time anymore, but you can shoot after warp time. So you drop a full reroll hit on them, and then even on turn one, Abaddon can put them into the second Doctrine. That's one of his abilities. So their their pistol goes to four ups, and now also their pistol has exploding sixes to hit, and their melta guns have exploding sixes to hit mm. with a full reroll hit and wound. Again, I'm going to keep saying that. <laughs> so they move 12, then you warp time them another 12, and now they're across the board, and they can still shoot. And you, your order of operations here is very important. So you spend the one CP on that strat. You can replace a hit, wound, or damage roll with a six. So what you do first is you shoot the melta guns. When you shoot the melta guns, if you get a melta wound through and you roll a bad damage roll, well, great. You just pop it into a six. It's a six now. And you've done probably eight damage with that one die. If you roll well on your melta, or if none of the wounds go through, you save it and you get the two guaranteed mortal wounds on, on the warp smiles, the pistol. So what you're looking at is two incredibly reliable melt-a-gun, reroll hit, wound, and if I roll a bad damage, I get an auto six. And then I think the average on the full reroll to hit, given that you're rerolling everything that's not sixes on the pistol, the average is about five and a half mortals. The Jeez. first time I shot this unit, I one-shot an orc kill rig. Oh my god! Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like, they did 21 damage to it. And I was like, oh, that's good. And then the the fallback on this, and it occurred in, in the game that we're going to discuss here in a moment, is... Your then response is to charge that unit, and they overwatch you doing the same thing with a full reroll. <laughs> so it's it's a tricky unit. It is incredibly gimmicky, but that's the concept. I love that you're getting that's to play this because cool. I want you to rope people into this so that a lot of people run the <laughs> Raptors, and I don't have to do all the other crap. So yes, please run Raptors, everybody. Oh, Follow and I I, I did forget one unit. Everybody's favorite. Uh, this is the one thing I got called out for on Goonhammer is I have a Noctilith crown in my army. <laughs> Which does sure we'll get into that. Yeah, yeah the, the Noctilith crown is the fortification. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's enormous. Um it's I, I tell people it's so what it really does is it's a bubble of a four up invul that only works against shooting. It gets bigger each turn. It starts at a six inch, then it goes nine, twelve, fifteen, eighteen. 15, right, and it it gives you a CP each turn. If you can keep a psyker or a priest, your dark apostle near it, he just does an action and you guaranteed get a CP. So for me it's basically there for CP regen. That's strong, actually. That's that's super yeah. Bad. Everybody was bad mathing it. Your your boy Nick was bad mathing it, and I I keep telling him I'm gonna win a GT with this thing, and then just send a picture to him of the trophy sitting on the Noctilith crown. Yeah, on top <laughs> of it. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Love it. But yeah, that's the whole army. Sweet. Well, let's let's hear a little bit. Uh, I mean, tell us a little bit about what he played there. The counter chaos army. Absolutely. So chaos space marines led by Abaddon the Big Daddy, the despoiler who makes Gilliman look like a little boy. I'm really mm-hmm. upset about that. I used to play all terrains and. Abaddon just, he got upgraded. He did. So we have Abaddon, and he is leading some creations of bile. Battalion in the HQs, you have the Demon Prince with wings. He has the relic Gothlax. <laughs> Say it one more time. Gothlax. <laughs> the Nurgle Demon weapon. That one. I think my pronunciation was pretty spot on. Beautiful. Uh, we have a Dark Apostle. Surprise, surprise. And you have a Lord Discordant. And he has, I don't even know what to look for. Um... Some upgrade. 
he has a relic. I don't know what relic it is. Um, it's not on there. Gorget of Eternal Hate is that the so relic? it's it's uh it it's basically an ultra survivable discordant build. The the warlord trait I think is Flames of Spite on that one. Um, it's rerolls to wound and then yeah wounds of six to immortal in both shooting and combat. The relic is basically plus one to his saves, which stacks with armor mm. of contempt because it's not modifying the AP. So it has a zero plus armor save, and Gosh. then uh, it, it'll, the Gorget also makes it explode when it dies. Cool. All right, in troops, you have two squads of cultists, and then you have a squad of five legionnaires. Um, they are Mark of Sanesh. Yep. And then elites, you have what I'm guessing a 10-man brick of Terminators. He's paying 375 points for these. They're also Mark of Sanesh. And they got that has... black rune of damnation on him too. Yep, so he's making his black rune as well. Yeah. Relic. So minus one wounded. wound. Yeah. Two five man possessed with no upgrades, a chaos spawn, and two Helldrakes with bell flamers. And that is the list. Interesting. <laughs> we lost Blake right. Hopefully he got the end of the list there. Blake, we lost you. Did you hear the end uh, of the list? Did you hear the end of the list, Blake? Just give me the Helldrakes again. That's I just lost right. Helldrakes there. You got a chaos single chaos spawn, and you got two Helldrakes with bell flamers, and that is the list. We haven't seen Heldrick's in a hot minute. No. Are they good? So him and uh, I, I talked. So I played three straight Chaos Mirrors, as we'll get into. Um, the guy I played in round three and him basically played the exact same list. And they had designed it together. Uh, it's a buddy of his. Um, they have reasons for these Heldrick's that we can get into deeper. But like I said, when I was going into my list, the, the problem in Chaos Marines is finding something to shoot with. You got to find something because our shooting options aren't great, but you 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 just can't play a pure melee right. army against top tier opponent. Um, they believe the Helldrake shores up their matchups into both Necrons and Sisters. Um, That's probably fair. Yeah, and Sisters in particular, I think it really shines because Repentia are your concern when you're playing an army like this. And if Repentia can't hide because a Helldrake is flying around, then your day is a lot easier. All right. But like I'm looking at the profile of the Helldrake, and it's the Bale Flamer's 18-inch range assault 2d3, strength six, AP two, two damage. Like 2d3 shots, is that the solution to shooting? Well, it's it's 2d3 plus two because of the the Chaos Space Marine tactic. You on any flame weapon, you get two bonus hits. Oh. So we're talking about just trying to get rid of like a five-man Repentia, then yeah, that'll probably do it. Like yeah. not not kill the whole squad maybe, but. Two damage is nice. Feel no pain. AP yeah, two puts monster save. Yeah, that's pretty good right. actually. All right, with the plus two, that makes that's that's exactly different. no. And the that's another big sell on the rubrics is the rubrics have like the flamers that they use in Thousand Suns, but instead of D six shots, they're all D six plus two for the entire squad. It's nuts. The AP two flamers. Yes. So oh, like my true. my four, I, I mean five man, but you only have four of the real flamers and then a hand flamer. Instead of four D six shots, it's four D six plus eight. Good lord. Yeah. That's is there a list is. that runs this? Well, we do, in part two, I want to talk about this, but yeah, I want to yeah, know, yeah, is there yeah. a list? Oh, I got yeah. some ideas for part two now. Me and Javier look at each other in the eyes like, oh, we're going to talk about some flamers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Whole flamer list. Um, Tell us about this game, man. So what missions did y'all play? What secondaries did both of y'all take? Oh, man. Let me let me look. Um, we I know for a fact, so a big problem with Black Legion compared to Creations by All, Word Bearers. Um, I think even Emperor's Children have a, a really good secondary. Um, a big problem with Black Legion is our secondaries aren't great. Um, you're, the, the designed one for Black Legion from Nephilim is basically a bad version of Ancient Machineries from Necrons, where you just go out and you do, you do actions on, on objectives in the midfield and you get four points, but it doesn't have an end early trigger like Necrons do, so you just hope you survive the turn. Um, I don't have the ability to take any of the Warpcraft secondaries, um, 
because my my one character psyker is the master possession and his spells are way too important to give up right so the and then the chaos space marine ones are pretty awful the actual like the 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 ones that anybody can take in chaos marines um one is the long war it's honestly the best of them it's one of the off objectives right yes you have to it's almost identical to one of the mini primaries i think on death and zeal um where you're trying to kill things that are on objectives and take objectives that your opponent held it's a little different and that's why so like if nobody's on the center objective and i go to it i don't get any points i have to take them from the opponent they had to start the turn holding it or I can kill their units that were on objectives. Um, but that's in uh, no respite. It blocks you out of uh, grind, which sometimes you want to take grind instead. Um, or no prisoners. Then the there's one that's just a very, very, very bad version of Code of Combat from Necrons. Like you would, it, I think it's called Rise to Glory. You would never take it under any circumstances. It's like <laughs> your characters have to kill characters or monsters oh, in no. melee and blah, blah, blah. With like a special character, it has to be a one-on-one duel. Yeah, yeah it's, it's absurd, and the scoring is awful. Um, and then the the third one's okay, but I've never managed to pull off uh, pull it off. Like I've never found a case to actually take it. It's a thing where you claim table quarters for the gods, which is kind of cool. You have to you have to have a unit. It, it's very similar to R and D, but with just different spacing. Um, you go to the center of the table quarter, within three of the center of a table quarter. And your whole unit has to be within the table quarter, and you do an action. But again, it doesn't end early unless you have obsec. This one, this one has an obsec trigger to end early. Um, then uh, you you have to maintain within three and within the whole quarter, and then you claim it for the gods. And everybody in that table quarter who is uh, who worships the same god gets plus two to their leadership. And the scoring maxes at fourteen, I think. I think it goes two or like three, seven, nine, fourteen. I think. Something like oh, that. I know I know that if you get all four table quarters, you get 14. But yeah, so I'm normally picking two secondaries that I'm kind of confident in, and then basically just YOLOing the third. Like, I never yeah. have a good third secondary in this army. Um, into this game we're talking about, into Josh, um, I picked no prisoners because we both have a ton of infantry, so we're, yeah. we're going to do well on, on no prisoners. Um, I want to say, God, I'm, I'm going to have to think about it now. I picked one of the action secondaries, I probably picked Despoiled Dominion, which is the Black Legion one I just talked about, where you do the action, you get four points. Yeah, yeah. Um, my third is the, again, it's it's so bad that I don't remember. Like, the, the third secondary in Black Legion, unless somebody gives you an easy one, like Bring It Down or Assassinate, you're usually just hoping that you can score, like, eight points and you'll be happy. I'm yeah. going to guess retroactively, I, I probably took something... From, I probably took Assassinate because he's got the the melee characters. I'm gonna guess I took Assassinate. Right. Um, and then he on has the much better version of that, which is he has probably the best secondary in the entire Chaos book, which is called Specimens for the Spider. Which is just if your army kills anything other than a vehicle, anything in the in melee, you get points. It's like two oh. points for any kill, and then I think it's three or four for killing a character. It's very nice for an all melee army other than Helldrakes. That's um, and then he took no prisoners and I think banners. Nice. Yeah, banners make sense. Um, so how, going into the game, do you feel like this is a good matchup for you or do you feel like this is kind of a tough one for you? Well, I'm going to begin by by calling myself out. So I, I, have, I have to go on blast because I have actively 
bad mouth to what I think Creations of Bio will do with the top tables. I have talked so much trash about that <laughs> army because <laughs> I I've been known to play Chaos for a long time. People ask me my opinions on stuff, and since that book came out, I have said I don't think Creations of Bio is going to do well at the top tables. That is a pure melee army, and you can't traditionally play a pure melee army at the top tables. Um, for people who don't know, Creations of Bio chapter trait is just fight on death. <laughs> well, it's wow. actually fight on death plus one strength and plus one move. It is the pure melee thing that you can possibly have right now. Is it is it auto fight on death or a four it plus? It is auto fight on death for the entire <laughs> army. Like, do they, I, is it the correct fight on death where they get to do a pylon move? Uh, I believe it's just auto fight. I don't think they get to do a full pylon. I'll, I'll have to double check in, in our game. It didn't matter because we're just pushing into each other. Right. But I, I'll have to double check the wording. But uh, it's it's fight on death plus one strength plus one move. It is all the goodies you could possibly want. And they have a advance and charge stratagem. So it's literally all the stuff you could want to play a pure melee army. But again, I've been talking trash about it because I don't think a pure melee army will do well at the top tables. Traditionally, they haven't. You have to have some angle to have a plan B. Uh, so I thought this was a good matchup for me. And as I mentioned earlier, I had just come off of playing Chaos Space Marines back to back. I had to play Chaos Marine Rears in round two, three, and four. Jeez. So you're looking at this, and how do you deploy versus this army to say, hey, I'm going to take this shooting to my advantage, and I'm going to make him come to me? Exactly. That's that's the idea. We were on uh, we were on one of the diagonal deployments. Let me, let me look. It might it wasn't death and zeal. I'm going to literally scroll through the book here while I'm talking. Um, but we were playing on one of the diagonal deployments, and on the GW uh, layout, you're pretty much just going in your ruin that's in your corner. Like you don't right, have yeah. a, a ton of option beyond that on the diagonals. So I'm just castled up pretty hard in my corner. He's castled up pretty hard on his corner. We each have like one squad flung off to the side to go do actions and get on side uh, side objectives as quickly as possible. His was his five man legionnaire and uh, one of his five man possessed. And then I had mm -hmm. my 10 man corn legionnaire brick off to one side. But other than that, we're pretty much castled up in our ruins. Nice. So you um, you start the game, and where does it go wrong for you? So the I, I'll say the first thing is actually him making a good decision rather than me making a bad decision. Okay. So And I, I didn't take into account that I had literally just played his buddy. <laughs> so they probably had a conversation before the game. Yeah. So the concept I have in my head for these Chaos Space Marine mirrors is a couple things. So first off, generally speaking, because I have more mobility shooting elements than the other guy in a chaos marine mirror i need my black rune squad less than they do like that's what these armies are built around the big old black rune squad in the middle killing everything can touch kind of like a seventh edition death star yeah right. um but the upside of black legion is for two command points we have a fallback shoot and charge stratagem Jeez. creations of bile don't have that word bearers don't have that so in these mirrors, what I want to do is get our black rune squads engaged with e each other. They're pretty much going to bounce off of each other because when you're talking about illusory supplication, the you, the trans hit, the you can't reroll, the you have minus one to wound. They're not going to do meaningful damage to each other. So I just bump mine into theirs, and then if I need mine, I can do two command points, fall back, shoot all those bolters and the melty guns, and then charge right back in and just keep them locked down the entire game. That's fair, yeah, because they're not going to do, be doing wrecking ball damage to yes. with that big unit. Yeah. So I got the first turn. weapon, I have to ask, because I can't do compute that math. Uh, the Terminators, are they good in combat into your bikes? Not normally. Like If you look at the data sheets, they should be, but because of all the buffs, they're not. Right. So the Accursed Weapon is uh, on the Terminators, just Strength 5, AP 3, and extra attack. It's basically a very, very so fancy chainsaw. Strength 5 goes to Wounding on 5s. 
Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's worse than that because there's so many buffs involved here. So it's not just illusory supplication. So hitting on fours, no rerolls, and then the minus one to wound. There's also a spell from that master possession, which you can choose to do either plus one strength or plus one toughness. So I make them toughness six. Now he's wounding on sixes. Ouch. <laughs> and their mark of zinch. So I can cast the four up invul on them. So now they've got a four okay. up invul against the AP three. And he's only damage one, yeah. Jump, and you, you can revive and heal a guy each turn. <laughs> so they do, like, the entire prior game, when I played his friend who plays Word Bearers, or no, this was two games ago when I played a, an unrelated guy, um, I bumped my bikes into his Terminators, and I, I think I lost one bike over the entire game, and then I just revived it. Like, And they, I just let him sit there. Right. They don't do damage to each other. It's it's borderline wow. impossible. Until one of you fails illusory supplication, then it gets scared for a turn. Yeah. Because <laughs> we don't have a way to re-roll that. Like, if that happens, you, you're in bad shape for a minute. But yes, generally speaking, they won't hurt each other. So, again, I, I got first turn. I moved out to the center aggressively. Because all I want in the world is for him to assault that stuff into my bikes. Um, anything right. but Abaddon, I'm willing to take. Um, and even Abaddon kills, like, three or four. Because, again, illusory supplication is so good. So, I go out to the middle. And what he does is, first off, rolls a very good advance roll. <laughs> I think he got a five or a six and the plus one move. So his Terminators go 12 inches. Just, and he goes right around me. He just takes a left turn and goes around my bikes. And he makes, a, he makes a long charge into my Legionnaire squad. And the Legionnaires are what make the army work. Like The bikes are a distraction. They're a very expensive distraction. They go to the middle and they sit there and they go, please try to hurt me. The Legionnaires are your your source of victory points in black legion um and it's what makes me love the necron matchup like if if anybody's been losing to necrons lately go get black legion because what can that 10-man legionnaire squad do for two command points they can get a six inch aura and again a six inch aura from a 10-man squad of cancel obsec oh gosh yes every time i've played against the necron player i just walk them to midfield do a and you're talking about like a 30 inch wide bubble of cancel obsec at that point and yeah. every necron player in the world goes holy crap what do i do now <laughs> like none of my secondaries work anymore Jeez. so yeah that's the legionnaires are the fuel for the army so he just walked right past my bikes and made a super long charge into my legionnaires and while that sounds lucky there was no downside because what's he going to do instead like shoot bolters at me no right. charge the bikes that he knows he can't hurt because he, again he just got that that feedback from his buddy <laughs> don't do that yeah. so like it's try a long advance and charge or do nothing so why not try the long advance and charge what gives him advance and charge uh stratagem creation's bile has a stratagem which again is the best piece of tech you can have in that army yep so yeah he made the long charge into my legionnaires he didn't get them all into combat i think he killed all but one though like again it's an incredibly dangerous unit it's got a bunch of power fists and chains or, or chain fists in it um i think he killed all but one of my slash legionnaires and it was uh it was very downhill from there right he's back in your backfield you have to change your game plan you can't just sit yes. there and lock him in the middle yeah it's tough so the other piece of tech that goes against me in this matchup which again i i I did make some mistakes, and I'll, I'll go backwards in a moment and get into that. But again, I, I do think the main thing was he outplayed me. Like, again, just having the foresight to realize there's no downside to just trying to run around the bikes. Because the the situation I just described goes both ways to a degree. Like, the bikes are also going to do no damage to the Terminators. So it, they're there, but if he fails that charge, he's not really losing anything. There's very little risk. Um, but the other thing is the piece of tech here that's relevant. We both have Abaddon, obviously. Abaddon has the three wound cap. The Nurgle Demon Prince, the reason you play him is because his demon weapon ignores wound caps, like the uh, like the Reaper of Obliterate. Sure. 
So he has a counter to my Abaddon, and I don't really have a counter to his Abaddon. So the way these trades go is he gets into my backfield with the Terminators. Abaddon can kill the Terminators. So Abaddon comes in, kills most of them, but then he gets to answer Abaddon with his Nurgle Demon friends. So, oh, and then gosh. I'm just, I'm losing the trades the whole way. He kills my Legionnaires. He's threatening my backfield. I kill his Terminators. He kills my Abaddon. And now he still has Abaddon and the Demon Prince and that Discordant, which is terrifying. And I've got my bike unit, but it can't deal with all that. Right. Yeah. So the, the big mistake I made is being too aggressive. And again, this is a we'll get into this more with the second episode as far as things I'm going to have to change going forward. But the downside I've encountered so far of that Raptor unit, which I love, it's a gimmick, but I love it, is they are still just two wound marine bodies. And right. you usually have to commit them early because of that, especially with those Helldrakes flying around. They are incredibly expensive two wound marine bodies. <laughs> That's like a 300-ish point squad oh, and a 150-point character who's only there to make them work. Yeah. So with the two damage AP2 Helldrakes flying around, I can't risk standing there doing nothing with them. So I throw them to a flank. Um, basically, like I said, we both had... A full ruin and then kind of just a couple squads hiding behind a ruin. I send them far to go after the squads that he has hiding in his side ruin, which ended up being a squad of possessed. I killed three possessed. Uh, one died to Melta and then two and a half died to the mortal wounds. Nice. Yeah. So he's got two possessed left. And then I've got my raptors all strung out reaching into his backfield. The issue is that was not the right call. That's that's where I made the mistake. Um, given everything I've said about talking trash on these creations of Isles army, the, the whole problem being... They don't have any shooting. And I mean, he's got the Helldrakes. That's his expression of you have to find some kind of shooting. Um, I still had the edge in the shooting game and I still went right at him turn one. I I needed to just hold back for a turn or two because yeah. the only efficient answer I have for that Demon Prince and that Discordant is the mortal wounds coming off that pistol. Yeah. And instead, I threw them away to try to hold his backfield and I never even held his backfield. And I also feel like I can speak for the combat. Like when you're running the pure combat, you rely on speed bombs. You rely on your opponent giving you units to sling sling off of. Did he charge multiple units into your raptors? He ended up. So this is this is one of the things I mentioned earlier. Is the first thing he did was try to charge the two leftover possessed into the raptors because again, possessed are terrifying to marine bodies. Possessed are two damage, yeah. a lot of attacks. They they're the perfect thing to kill marine bodies. But as I mentioned. I have an overwatch that nobody thinks about. So yeah. I overwatched and killed the two remaining possessed. <laughs> what he ended yeah. up doing was um, the Helldrakes killed most of them. But again, there's really only three models in there that matter, the two Meltaguns and the pistol. So until right. you've killed eight Marines, you haven't done any meaningful damage. So he killed most of them with the Helldrake. And then I believe it was the Discordant that came in and finished them up. And I also lost Hark and World Claimer at the same time, because that's the that's the real problem of this unit is they're getting warp time to cross the board, but they're not that good without Harkin. So Harkin usually ends up in a bad position trailing after mm. them to try to stay within six to give them the rerolls next turn. And then he dies to something goofy like that. I, I think he died to uh, the gun from the Discordant, I think, killed him. He didn't claim any worlds that day. He did not claim any worlds. Well, Justin, I think we're ready to jump into some part two action. I want to hear more about what you're going to change strategy. I want to hear about this list because you always come up with the wackiest stuff. So I'm excited <laughs> to jump into that and see what you got. Talk about flamers. flamers. I know, right? We're going to talk about some flamers. <laughs> that's in that's in, that's in in the queue. Awesome, awesome. Justin. Thanks for joining us. Hi, yeah, as always. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Check out our other podcast. We have The Art of War Vanilla with Nick Nanavati and Paul Murphy. We have The Art of War, very Australian down under, with the late and great Adam Camilleri. We, of course, are The Art of War Pistachio. If Flavor didn't know you love till he tried us. Thanks for listening. Join us for part two. 
Like what you just listened to? Check out Art of War and the Art of War Down Under podcast on the competitive 40K network. The Art of War 40K.com.